welcome to Why People Like <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, welcome back to Why Do People Like Anime uh, podcast. Uh, Julian John about anime made by people who are... What? And I am Jonathan Tewitt. We got... And I am here today to talk about, about to the Animatrix. I was about to introduce my guest, uh, Jonathan of the Flenzer Records. Jonathan Tewitt of El Flenzo. The Flenzo. We're here, uh, beautiful San Francisco, California, in the Flenzer HQ. This is where all your favorite, uh, what do you call it, dark music? Whatever, man. Dark, dark music albums get pressed, surrounded by Have a Nice Life vinyl and uh, some other cool stuff. Today we are talking about the 2003 production, The Animatrix. Yeah, so this episode might be a little strange because we're, sh- we're sharing mic, okay? We're, we're passing mic back and forth. Who's Mike? Mike. The Mike. Uh, I guess to start things off, (laughs) this is already fucked. All right. So we got our guest, Jonathan, from the Flenser. Hello, Australia. Hello, Australia. Uh, But I guess before we get into it, like, I'm kind of, we've talked about this a little bit, but I guess never, like, formally. Like, what's your background with anime? Well, my background with anime was going to Hollywood videos in the late 90s. In um, San Bruno, California, and renting every anime that they possibly had, and I don't remember any of them. And really? that was that was um, yeah, you know they had maybe probably ten anime films, including Akira, which was probably the only one I remember, and maybe Graveyard of the Fireflies. And okay, um, but yeah, that was that's my history with anime. I I, I do not watch anime very often you're not a regular anime head but like I, i'm curious like you know as as the uh the elder in the room like what what was like the was it just like going in hollywood video and being like what the fuck is this and like wanting to watch it or like were you aware of you know anime as like an idea or like a a thing well mostly i was interested in finding weirder and darker things to view and i mean there was no netflix then mm-hmm. um so you you get whatever Hollywood video has or whatever Blockbuster has, and was there an anime section? No, it, was, it was so that that's actually a good question because it was all mixed in with other stuff. So it would be like in yeah. like sci-fi or horror or drama. Mm. It, it was it it really was dumb. Yeah, I remember like as a kid, it would be like you know Ninja Scroll would be like next to like. The VHS release of X Men: The Animated Series, or whatever. Yeah. Would you get weird looks from the guy, like when you go to rent like a bunch of anime films? Well, I actually had a really contentious relationship with the guy, and because <laughs> the Hollywood um, video man. Yeah, the Hollywood video man. Because I rented a DVD, and then when I got home, it wasn't in the box. Mm. And then when I came back, I told them that, and they told me that I stole it. Yeah. And so I. You know, I, I kind of went to war with him for like a month, but um, no, they didn't care about anything. The people that worked there really just wanted to like probably get off work and do drugs. Probably not deal with anybody. That was like their ideal customer. Yeah, yeah I mean, there was there was no interest. Was the selection good though? Like, was no. it no? Okay. I mean, there there was classic, but I mean, is this how you found the Animatrix, or how did you no, find that, Animatrix? I found because of the Matrix. We love the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. That that's later. Big Matrix family. Big big Matrix family. I when saw did it come out? in ninety ninety nine eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw the Matrix in the theater. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember my mom renting it from the video store, and I think, like, she was, like, playing it one night, and I, I just remember, like, I think it was in, like, the living room, and I, I just, like, kind of stayed up to, like, watch it, and I was just, like, you know, I, I think I was, like, seven when we were watching it, and it just kind of blew my mind. It just looked cool, right, though? Because, like, I feel like we, we re-watched Matrix and The Matrix Reloaded, and I don't think I understood half of what was happening in those movies, like, when I originally watched them. Right. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, as a kid, it was like, I don't, you know, I think as I got older, my relationship with those movies, I think, got a little more complex or, like, I sort of, you know, I mean, as a kid, like, you're not you're not picking up on, like, the, you know, the Plato's Cave stuff, <laughs> you know, it's, it's mostly just, like, holy shit, what's, like, look at all this gunfire. I think what, what was really marketed when the Matrix came out was the bullet time. And that was like, that was like local news fluff special of the evening on like every channel um, because there hadn't been anything quite like that before and um, nothing that froze and then rotated around. I mean, it was, it was really sort of impressive. Um, A technical feat, if you will. Yeah, it was like, they did the same thing when like Terminator 2 came out with the like, liquid metal guy that looks like crap now um i mean that i mean terminator 2 like same thing with matrix it's like you know the the cgi stuff maybe doesn't hold up as much but like you really fucking you feel all those you know all the practical effects and like the actual action scenes that they they packed into those things and even when we were watching reloaded like that's that's kind of like what i kept thinking about was just like how they sort of there's like a level of i think artistry with like the choreography and like the fight scenes that i don't know if like i don't really see in like a marvel movie or anything like that i think it was kind of a martial arts movie yeah thing that was really not seen by western audiences too much totally you know and and, and rewatching the animatrix and, and you know the first two matrix movies i think the thing i can i kind of kept thinking about was just like these movies are such a just like a product of what I you know I I don't know much about like what the Wachowskis were doing like prior to this but like I imagine Bound they, what Bound Bound <laughs> haven't you seen Bound No No <laughs> is it good It's surprisingly good um, I I when I when it came out I didn't like it but I rewatched it recently and it's pretty good It's kind of like a film noir thing okay. that has like some sort of suggestive BDSM qualities and lesbian sex party but but it's not it's not very graphic at all or very uh salacious compared to movies of today totally i say that mostly in you know just the idea that the the matrix movies and then the animatrix just seem like such like a product of like everything the two were into and just sort of exploring that as much as possible like you know, I think the the Animatrix was born, as far as I know, from you know when the Wachowskis were doing their press tour in Japan. They you know they wanted to meet you know the different animators of you know the things that they were into and the things that like inspired it. So you know a lot of the producers on it are you know it's not like they got a bunch of nobodies. Like they got people behind Akira, people behind uh, something we watched, Memories, the Magnetic Rose segment. Mm-hmm. The director of that did you know one of the segments in this. I mean they got the the fucking Square Enix team, like when when they're trying to branch out into like movies to do a segment. So like it's like these two nerds got really lucky or, you know, the the peak of their work was sort of exercised with the Matrix and like people were finally paying attention to them. And then they had like all this they had the resources to, 
you know, really kind of do some creative shit in in the space they were actually interested in, which I think is is pretty cool. Did they make this the Animatrix? I guess yes. Yeah, so they were on the press tour, so they must have known that it was getting a lot of interest, right? Well, I mean, the Matrix was fucking huge. Like when it came out. How long after the Matrix came out did the Animatrix come out? The Animatrix came out, as I remember, um, in the lead up to the sequels. Okay. So it yeah. was sort of part of the, the promotion of those movies. But between the first and the second. Yeah. Yes, correct. Okay. Like, like, I mean, I don't know. When did when did the Reloaded came out? Reloaded in, was 03. Yeah. And, the, and so the Animatrix was also 03. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was the same year. And then they also came out with a video game. Enter the Matrix. Enter the Matrix at the same time. Yeah. That was supposedly directed by the Wachowskis, which I don't know if it... Uh... Did you play that game? No. So the video game is kind of an interesting story just because uh, you don't play as like Trinity or Neo. You play as uh, Ghost. Niobe? Yeah, Ghost and Niobe. So it's it's like a... It's bad, right? I mean, the game isn't great, but it was like a. Par- it's like everything that like they're doing in the movie in Reloaded, like you play through the game. So like it's. I feel like you don't. You never see that in tie-in media. Like you never see anyone, you know, really make a video game that has like a direct tie to that movie in some way that like Enter the Matrix did. It was a noble effort, but I think that it's aged strangely. Right. Because they released that. I I think that game was rushed for one. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't well received, and it was also just kind of I mean people can't play it now. You could watch a video of it, but it's not really part of the the universe. Yeah, you could you could watch all the uh, all. <laughs> I was like maybe maybe I'll give the mic to Julie and I'll just like pull her hand. No, I mean you could like you could watch all the cutscenes and stuff and kind of fill it in. But yeah, the game doesn't really um stand up. But what does stand up is the Animatrix. I I think. I mean, I'm just interested because like it, the hind the sort of, sort of foresight, I guess, of making this these like mini episodes about the Matrix before they had even really fleshed out the entire series. Like it feels like something that would come out after the third movie. I mean, the whole concept of the Animatrix is that it's these mini series, mini movies that are related to the matrix or in the world of the matrix but don't necessarily have anything to do with neo's storyline or anything to do with the movies i mean it did it does give the backstory of the matrix before what's the first miniseries called the second renaissance the second renaissance yeah so that one just like goes through the entire like creation of the matrix and it feels it just feels strange that this would come out before reloaded i mean i think I think it makes sense, and if I were to guess, like what the process was, I think they probably wrote the Matrix and and knew what they were doing for that movie specifically, and maybe had like a hint, you know, maybe in their head, like they knew what they would want to do, like if there was ever a sequel, or at least like you know where the story would go and stuff. But you know, I think since they were flushing, you know. I think the sequel movies really fleshed out what the world is outside of the Matrix. They kind of wanted to explore sort of, you know, the the different ways in which people interact within, you know, the Matrix and sort of, you know, and then just like the backstory of like, well, what, why the fuck are they in like, you know, these ruined city, like these ruined tunnels and stuff like that? Like what are, like what happened to the humans that led them to this other than just like, you know, Morpheus's explanation of Neo. 
but yeah no i like that i i I really even if it doesn't always click i like that the wachowskis really wanted to give backstory for certain characters like the the one that kind of stood out to me was uh what kid's story and then like in reloaded like he shows up and you know is is very indebted to neo um but yeah let's let's talk about the second renaissance because i think that's kind of the centerpiece if there is one of the collection yeah, I mean it's the first the first short is the second renaissance and then the last short like actually has Neo and Trinity in it, right? You're thinking of the the Flight of the Osiris. Yeah. Which is like not the like the the, the old school order on like the DVD is totally different than what's on HBO Max now, which is very weird. Oh, yeah, like the cuz Flight of the Osiris uh the the final one it like I think it like preempted matrix reloaded that's the idea yeah it's the worst part of the whole thing matrix so by far you think so definitely john but, thought so too i didn't think it was that bad i think be, mostly because it feels a little bit like a tech demo and oh. and the whole the whole kind of uh kung fu dojo scene felt very kind of right goofy goofy yeah got to, it to me yeah yeah i i just i just saw it as like uh like video game animation like a video game cutscene, more so than like a fleshed out piece of movie experience or whatever you'd like to call it like it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you well i guess like i mean you know let, let's start with i guess since flight of the osiris because like in my head like the the dvd is like the final is like the animatrix to me like because i remember jonathan getting the fucking dvd with like the cd duo pack and being like whoa yeah so the 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 Animatrix was released in the theaters, I guess, in some sort of limited sense, and it had um, it was in a different order, and so that yeah. that's the order that they go by now, not the DVD order. Right. But I think that they thought that the um, Flight of the Osiris was impressive, so they put that first. It's it it's bad. Be- like I I think it's bad in my head because it's such like a tech demo thing, and when the tech is no longer impressive, there just isn't that much to kind of hold it up because the, the, it was released like i think what after uh final fantasy spirits within right and that was you know i remember that was supposed to be like this impressive like wow look at the cgi i like that movie yeah is that anime that's is a good question <laughs> uh i i guess so i mean it, although it is an american who directed flight of the final Fi- flight of the osiris and then the uh final fantasy movie he now works, uh, I think, for Disney. He did the the most recent CGI Lion King movie. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> bringing it full circle here with the Lion King. Yeah, he he did the he did the Lion King and then the Jungle Book CGI movies, which is much more believable. But yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. I mean, clearly he's he's very talented. Like, even if it doesn't hold up, it's clear he knew how to direct some of the CGI stuff. But it feels like weirdly like very like crude compared to a lot of the other stuff happening like it's like weirdly like kind of comical i think it was one of the first instances of seeing c cgi that was not pixar so not kind of cartoony so so creating kind of realistic human dynamic people if you watch the final fantasy movie though it's very strange and awkward and like there are these like intricate skin textures and the sort of uncanny valley territory of the the motion of the right. the people and that's why it's video game to me because it's like probably the same engines that they use to make 
video games now. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it is. It is the square. It, that is like the Square Enix team trying to do a movie too. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't know. I this one wasn't so corny to me as uh, matriculated. Oh, yeah, matriculated, which is the the Aeon Flux crew, right? Uh, the the one where it's like all the all the humans trying to convince the robot to like be on their side. It's like it it is like kind of the worst segment. Do you remember it? Oh no, I totally disagree with you. I think it's great. Oh really? Yeah, I huh. think that that. I mean, I like that. I like that it was psychedelic, and that it was it was very much the Matrix on acid and like what what you would do if you were in the world of the matrix and you're you're on hallucinogens and you're trying to like get through to a robot and get them on your side i thought it was cool i also felt the first time i saw it it made me very very sad matriculated made you sad yeah felt bad for the the robot being left in like oblivion with with a woman who doesn't like him yes yeah i guess it is pretty sad i don't know i i guess like i just my my issue with it, I guess, is just uh, it's. I, I feel like I have like this like fight in my head between like nerd brain, where it's like, well, if they're redoing the robots in this, you know, if if it's like this crew that's able to, like redo the robots, how come that never shows up elsewhere in any of like the other Matrix stories? And then I have like you know, the well, who gives a shit? It's just like a cool short, you know, working within the in the scope of the Matrix. So you know, I feel like. I feel like watching it, I had those sort of sides of my head going through. Because, like, I would, you know, I'd agree. Like, I think the the visuals are, are so good. It just in the sense of, you know, the way that they're... They, they go in between, like, this 2D and 3D kind of thing in a way that I don't think most of the other ones do. Like, it's either fully in 2D or fully in 3D space. Uh, for me, it's too heady. Like, I think that's why it's, like... Uh, it's almost so the point of matriculated is there's like a team of humans that are like we the only way we're going to win is to get the robots on our side by hooking them up into a machine to make them make their own matrix and it's like two like and the circle continues you know like we'll make them believe that we're the ones by tricking their reality and it becomes too like well what what is reality what is like, it, it takes the whole point of it too far and then has an unsatisfying ending. While be it sad, it just sort of stops at the, at some point. Because it's like, how do you end something like that where it's, you know, okay, now we've got the robots on our side and everyone dies except for the girl who's saved by the robot that loves her? It's like, it's too it's too um all over the place for me. It's the only one that I don't like. Interesting. You didn't like the animation in it? I liked the animation of it. But I didn't like the story of it. Interesting. I, I, you know, I kind of, I feel like something I notice is like I, I like that a lot of the endings in this are 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 kind of fucked up just because I, I can't, you know, it, I think it kind of reinforces the sort of like hopelessness of like humans in relation to the Matrix or sort of like the the power that these machines have over humanity and sort of like the psyche in a lot of ways. If there was if there was one I didn't like, it was the samurai one. Where it's like a woman in a program, and she is like fighting this other it's samurai. Called program. Yeah, program. Where she's like running through her favorite program again, and like you know, there's this guy trying to, I guess, convince her to go back into the matrix with her, with him, and like kind of give up on like what she's doing and give up the fight and stuff. And that you know, like that one, that one felt like a, a tech demo in like the two D sense. I feel like, you know. 
I I always felt with that one that it, it also rubbed me a little bit the wrong way because it felt like the idea was that it was Trinity and Morpheus. And then yeah. they at the last minute decided that, oh no, that wouldn't work. And we're going to just make these new characters. But they had kind of, they vibed each character. I mean, it, it just, it felt like it was almost quoting those characters in the, in the movies. And then, and then you find out that, wait, these aren't the same people. So I just, I always felt confused by that. Yeah. I, I feel like program, it was like almost too simplified of a story and then matriculated is like too complex of a story. They're like bookends for me. Everything else I liked. Everything else. Yeah, it's interesting that, yeah, it's it's funny like what, it, it almost seems like in a lot of like the Wachowskis like kind of stuff around the movies, I don't know if they expected people to connect as much with the characters as as happened or like they they weren't as interested as maybe like the general public were just because like you know i remember everyone being pissed off when the game came out that like you know you don't play as neo you don't play as trinity or morpheus you're just like these these two characters who are sort of not even like the most interesting characters in the movie if you're watching it like they're just sort of you know there's so many like you know red pill uh people sort of going throughout the movie and then you see them and they just sort of blend into the background um other than you know it just being jada pinkett smith you know which is cool yeah i mean getting back to it like i think uh i mean second renaissance really like i was saying earlier like it really does feel like the kind of like the centerpiece of of everything that sort of happens in the movie in a weird way yeah definitely the the second renaissance you said yeah yeah i think i mean that's my favorite uh i mean just those two part one and part two really feels like some of the most interesting stuff in all of the Matrix, and and I kind of wish it was almost its own movie. I mean, mm-hmm. full length movie because it's it's it, it's such a vivid vision. And I, I I wonder if they had that those stories before the first movie even came out, if that was part of it. Yeah, it really does just seem so. There's a, there's a dog in the background. Do we need, do we need to stop? <laughs> uh, I think it's okay. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> a dog named Jonathan. Yeah, it's it's you know I feel like with sci-fi, it's especially in the you know the 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 story conceit of robots taking over. It's kind of hard to like kind of like chip out your own kind of lane and all of that. And I, I feel like I mean even as a kid, like I I felt like you know it felt like something really special, and it, it feels like a weirdly even more resonant. Uh, story today than I think it might have did it might have felt before like the thing that definitely kind of stood out to me was like uh where like the robots uh and it's not like a huge part of it but it is like a weird kind of key moment is like when the robots sort of outperform humans in terms of like production and like costs for cars and stuff like that it, it like it's it's like what Amazon does with like you know running people out of business and stuff like the robots knew the way to sort of overpower the humans was economically yeah i for me it was the it, it's sort of like watching the matrix you're like okay but like this could never happen but watching the short you're like okay this is like human error at its finest <laughs> like how do we stop the robots like to get to the point where you're like oh we just have to cut off their energy source which is the sun and it's like how just just justifying blacking out the sky for me it's like how do you get there logically but then the short like gets you there oh it's like a totally stupid idea yeah 
Yeah. Which is like kind of the beauty of it is like how fucking like doomed humanity was after they've like totally, you know, kind of set robots aside like that, I guess. I, I mean, all the scenes during it are just so like striking. Like when the when the woman like the the woman robot is just like, you know, she gets the shit beat out of her by like the people um, like the protesters or whatever. And it's just like you see like her like skin melt off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says I'm real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I did you picked up there's like tons of references in the short to actual images of war like uh the the tank rolling over the robot the uh see this is the problem i don't have any like point of reference for the actual thing but i know the images well it's tiananmen square yeah tiananmen square there but there's like several instances of that like from the vietnam war him shooting the guy in the head like these are like classic images that they use to reference uh the robot war that was happening and it's almost like it's almost like when you see it happening to other people you're like oh war is fucked up right but then you see it happening to robots and it's like okay so what are you saying like that the robots are so sentient at this point that it's almost the same thing I think they're making a lot of allusions to race and, and, and the civil rights movement that the robots are, you know, sentient and that, um, yeah, I mean, and that they they deserve citizenships, like, 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 isn't one of the, um, they're kind of quoting from the Dred Scott case, Mm -hmm. basically allowing slaves to be free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, That's the, the robot on trial, right? Yeah. Because the robot... Like killed its killed its master, masters. you know, because <laughs> its master wanted to do away with him, right? Whatever, whatever it is, and you know, it just wanted to keep living, is what he said. Yeah, but it's interesting because it's like, okay, but they're robots, right? Because we have no point of reference for a sentient robot the way that we do for like you know like people like of different races right so like what's the what do you think they're trying to say by doing by putting robots in the place of like as a whole separate race right i mean i think it's i think one thing it's doing is saying that we haven't actually fundamentally changed very much Mm. yeah um yeah especially in relation to all the technology that you know i think I guess, you know, because, like, I guess, like, this all kind of starts, like, probably in the future from where we are even today in the sense of them having robots. But even still, it's like, you know, humans, there's so much savagery in humanity that it's it's horrible. Um, and also... <laughs> it's just hard. It's like, wait, I have a point. Uh, but also, like, uh, we've made we've made the robots in our own image, right? So they are going to have human traits like built into them or human uh values built into them right is that the idea like well it's like what is sentience what is <laughs> identity and like what like is is like the only thing that makes us human just that we're like flesh and bone and bone and blood you know what i mean like what what is like like the real the true difference between like us and like a fully sentient robot that's capable of like independent thought creativity creativity i think that's the big one yeah that that's that's the independent thought and that's the the and you know emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. um yeah i would say more emotional intelligence because like to a certain point you would say that the robots do get creative in 
how they adapt and change as like a form of artificial intelligence to be more productive or whatever, right? But they don't have. I don't know if that's creative. You don't think that's creative? No, I think that's like just testing and doing better. Like creative is like like making a metaphor or like. They're capable of design. They're, they're capable, capable of design. Of... But that's like that's like the big problem we have right now with artificial intelligence is that you can make a program make other programs, but like it's pretty hard. It, it's difficult to make something, you know, create art. I feel like I think that, you know, maybe not in, in that segment specifically, but like I feel like the Wachowskis sort of hint that like these robots are capable like the artificial intelligence has like kind of improved itself to to that point. Um, we're like, I mean, I'm thinking specifically in Reloaded, where the Moro the the vampire guy's like wife. The vamp? You mean the Merovingian? Yeah, the Merovingian. How is he a vampire? He's a vampire. He's not a vampire. Well, the vamp- he's like the king of the vampires. What are you talking about? Those vampires. They're vampires. Yeah, the whole fucking point is like they're vampires. Really? I mean, we just watched it, so we've got sort of like. A well, the 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 two um, dreadlocked guys look like vampires yeah but they it, there's like some throwaway comment that like these programs have created like different identities for themselves to be like aliens or ghosts or vampires right oh okay so they're vampires the oracle <laughs> the oracle is like anytime anyone ever has a story of an angel or a vampire or a demon it's a program why didn't they lean into that more? fucking up i i don't know it is it's like that's what kind of struck me about reloaded is like it's such like a throwaway set like segment or like you know characters but it's like kind of sick like the world has vampires yeah it's it feels like a setup for just like an epic fight scene to like well a good character started. design too exactly, right exactly yeah i know the the merovingian is going to be in the new one interesting but like you know so the merovingian's wife or whatever really wants neo to kiss her so she can like experience like the love or whatever right yeah. so like cl- like i think that the the AI is like, you know, they're able to experience something like that or like, you know, and, and maybe, I mean, I guess you could have the argument that like, you know, love is just, you know, neural pathways and, and receptors or whatever. But like, you know, that was also a way to build the Neo and Trinity relationship a little bit. Sure. Um, but I, I think that I think that the AI has some sort of, a, you know, by the point in the Matrix, I think that the AI has uh, I, I think it's about as you know, identical to like the human experience maybe as you can get outside of, I don't know, like well, the, the whole, the whole point of the, the, the architects, you know, grand cycle that I guess you haven't rewatched revolutions lately, but is that an, uh, is that, you know, that there's these repeated matrices, matrices in which they're trying to make a better matrix to, to, to right. have, you know, the humans fall in line better mm. so so they're realizing that they are missing something about humans and um it's not really fleshed out very well but. i i sort of read that it's like the very last scene in reloaded is him like talking to the architect okay that's in the art yeah i'm getting and, my movies confused but and uh and he's like explaining and this is like exactly what i meant when i was like when i watched this as a kid no fucking clue what was happening in that scene you know but then now understanding do you need a toy (laughs) 
Okay. Anytime, anytime I want to talk, I'll spray you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You'll spray me with WD-40. Yeah. But, like, anytime... You're making me, like, lose my train of thought. Sorry, sorry. Jeez. Sorry. How's Australia anyway? Good day, Australia. Don't do that. They're no. gonna they're gonna see through you. No. They'll they'll get it. They'll they'll reject you. No, 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 no. You're a non Australian. <laughs> I'm a friend of Australia. We're friend we're, and comrade. Yeah. What was I talking about? I don't remember. You were talking about the architect. I had a good point. Believe you. Sorry. <laughs> I ruined everything with the you lie in air in a can. So what do we think that the new movie is going to be? Yeah, that's that's funny. We uh we wanted to do the Animatrix episode like way before. We we had no expectation that the trailer would come out this week, but it did. Serendipity. I Yeah. I I don't know what the movie's going to be about. I think it's um I think that the robots have figured out a way to trap Neo into like an endless matrix. I remember what I was going to say. So the whole point of the architect scene is that there will always be an anomaly that is Neo. So like the whole point of them like recreating the matrix over and over again is the fact that there needs to be an anomaly for it to work. And which is why Neo always ends up back at the architect. That's what I gathered out of that scene is, the, is that yeah. they, they couldn't figure out how to make it without an, an anomaly that will Work. Right, and but then the idea is that they're going to have created a better Matrix after that. Yeah, but they always need Neo to be there as sort of this counter to... And that's why, like, they keep that... Uh, Zion keeps getting recreated, too, right? He's the sort of, like, biblical figure <laughs> that recreates everything over and over again. But, yeah, I don't know what the new movie is trying to do because it doesn't make sense to me, like, where it would be in the timeline. Yeah, I'm hoping that it doesn't get explained. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be good, right? I mean, that that, that would be the best for me is that if it was, like, sort of a reboot or maybe, like, another Matrix, another iteration of it. But I don't think that they're going to do that. I think that they're going to... I think it's going to be, like, a soft reboot. I think it should be a soft reboot. Yeah. It's just it's just kind of hard just because like um it is incredible how far tech like technology has come in those 20 years since the the, the Matrix trilogy and like I think they they're like some weird like kind of like neo feeling disassociated in a room full of people on their cell phones. I thought it was like kind of a striking scene in in the trailer for it. Um so I'm very curious as to like how they're going to like kind of address some of like you know, the updates or changes are, are sort of... Right, because that future never existed in the Matrix. Yeah. iPhones weren't ready, weren't, weren't out no. yet, right? No, they had uh, they had cool... I mean, they had... I feel like the phones in the Matrix movies, though, are fucking sweet. Yeah, I think they were... They used the Matrix as a bit of a marketing... Oh, big time. For, like, sunglasses and cell phones. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, Reloaded is, is kind of especially egregious when it comes to, like, the... Uh, the marketing like there's like a ducat like a very prominent like ducati placement in it but like in in final flight of the osiris when like she pulls out her phone and it's like a, a cool nokia that like pops up i remember as a kid being like man one day i'll have a phone as cool as that not yet it's kind of sad that phones became as lame as possible just brickified 
Big screen. I want a big screen phone. Um, I think it's also interesting. I'm, I'm also like, I'm, I, I like, I think it's interesting, like where the directors of these different uh, projects kind of ended up. So Mahiro Maeda, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, he did a lot of the concept and design for uh, Mad Max Fury Road. So he designed like a lot of like the vehicles in the new one alongside George Miller with that. And then he also, uh, he also designed a couple of like the Angels and Even Galleon. I, I really like all of like the, the machinery kind of expansion in in this one, um, in Second Renaissance. Like the the robots all look really fucking good. Uh, like the Sentinel and like the the weird spider robot that like they go to warfare against and like the huge like battery like laser cannon machines that they have that look like pyramids. Yeah, it's pretty great design. Yeah. Because it, it's like you know it's like there's there's plenty of robot designs and plenty of like machinery designs but like i don't like even today like i don't think there's any any like robot design that like fills me with like dread or like you know you see like the the whole sea of like spider robots and it's just like well humanity's fucked it's just they're designed so well and like they they really capture like the mood of like the entire the entire engagement I, and I think it's great that they put this this whole series out that's like all animated because it's almost it almost proves the point that the whole series could have been animated, right? Like it, this is a good um, media for the story. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. I think I think Matrix is very it's so anim- like it, it really is like the first like anime movie in a lot of ways, like at least like for America. I mean, I mean, if you think about like, you know, Ghost in the Shell and like Akira and like all these different things that like, you know, I think anime was probably outside of like Terminator, you know, I think anime was was very concerned with technology in a way that I think like a lot of American media wasn't or if it was, it was like, you know, and, and really uh, and, and, st- and goofy shit like hackers, right, where it's like, you know, you, you the media is like a is like set design for like, you know, like a kid movie or whatever, as opposed to like, you know, how fucked are we with the internet and like computers? Something else I, I was thinking about, uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah. The, uh, and it's, it's, I, I never realized this is like the one unifying moment in like human history too, at the end of second Renaissance where like all of humanity is united against like this robot attack where like, you know, when they're in that scene, there's like, uh, there's Hare Krishna wishing people away. There's like a priest on the TV wishing people away. Like this is like, it's like unification across, you know, racial lines and everything and, and religion for humans at this point, because it's like their last and final hope, I guess. And it's like, I, I don't know, like it's, it's all this, all these different elements of it that like, I, I guess I never really considered until, you know, watching this as like an adult. So it's like really... I don't know. It, it makes it like way more impactful. What do you, whose perspective is this in? Cause I, I think watching this, like, you know, I think initially like it, it seems like it's some kind of database, but it also seems like it's from the perspective of God in some way. Well, yeah, it's a kind of omniscient third person. Yeah. It's I mean, like, they say that it's from the Zion, they say from the Zion archives. Is that what they say? At yeah. The beginning? So that's human, but it's created by robots. So I guess it's, it's, just supposed to be what happened it it feels like this yeah it feels like it's supposed to be what happened but told from the perspective of 
like the person telling the story feels like weirdly greater than humanity or like the machines in, in terms of like seeing civilizations rise and fall maybe it's like a program that found a role for itself the way that like the key ma- the key master and those sort of roles were filled it's, it's it does because she reads like a robot the the woman that narrates the whole sequence yeah i don't know who that's supposed to be yeah. maybe future robots are ascending to godhood programs programs AI. yeah it seemed to have a sort of kind of almost buddhist mm. totally tone to it um which a lot of people said that the matrix alluded to yeah there was like a on one of like the editions of like the matrix there was like a commentary done by like a bunch of like philosophy scholars and like like religious leaders if i recall and so it's like they they kind of give their interpretations as to like what's happening in the first movie is it good uh i mean i don't i remember it being really good i think i watched it at like way too young an age to like really grasp is a, a voiceover no it's like commentary during the movie so it's like yeah, people, yeah, yeah. That's what i mean like yeah exactly i'd like to watch that but it's probably not very good yeah Philo- Kid- philosophers you're a philosopher uh, failed philosopher. Failed philosopher, uh, successful record man. Yeah, given into the dark side. Dark side of, I don't know. I think this is pretty. So, 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 John, I have a question. <laughs> yeah. What is your most Matrix-like tattoo? Uh, I don't. I don't think I have one really. Really? Not really. I'm not. I'm not like a big. Uh... You, you you haven't gotten a Keanu tattoo? No. <laughs> not a sad Keanu. No. I mean, I, I'm not like a big like biomech guy. Yeah, I could. I thought. Maybe... Do you have a Godzilla tattoo? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you have a Godzilla tattoo. Yeah, Godzilla's not biomech. He's well. Well, but, I guess he's but closer. I think Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla is steampunk. <laughs> Godzilla should be in the Matrix. If there's if there's vampires and werewolves, Godzilla should be. Yeah, I mean there could be anything like that. Really, yeah. I think I think it would make it a little goofy, but. Um... Like, Who knows? Uh, it should be like um, uh, Ready Player One, right? Oh God, I haven't seen that. You're you're missing out. It's it's like if they took the Matrix, like oh we're all gonna be in this virtual world, but you can make it whatever you want it to be. So you can hang out with the Iron Giant, or you know pl- play uh, Dungeons and Dragons all day. Yeah, like in a video game. Totally. So so what did, what did you guys think of um, World Record? I really liked World Record. I think uh, I think the, the things I like about the Animatrix specifically are just sort of getting to view different characters and sort of in the sense of like different people through the Matrix and like who exactly gets to kind of break out of those things. Um, I also think that this is up there with Triplets of Belleville for most overly detailed uh, calf muscle definition and <laughs> animation. It's pretty. It's pretty grotesque. Have you seen Triplets of Belleville? I have. Yeah. I, I mean, that was something I saw a long time ago, and I don't. I don't have any feelings or opinions on now. <laughs> but um, but I but I really like World Record because it is so strange and doesn't seem like reality almost. And I mean, it's like all that exists is this world in which these racing this race occurs and um. yeah it's almost as if the 
matrix that these athletes are living in it was like kind of designed for them and it sort of plays into the idea that each person that's like tapped into the matrix like born into the matrix wouldn't know that they're not the center of the story or whatever it almost played into the idea that like it's not just oh everybody's just living their normal lives or or you know like the way that we live in the real world it's it put the athlete at like such a high level i don't know i like that one too well it's also just like what like how are how are these different roles in the matrix kind of determined like who gets to become a you know i i feel like with the matrix it's like you know all the humans and the batteries are sort of i think after a point like kind of uniform and like kind of grown and built the same way and, and to some degree mm. so it's like how do how do yeah, how act- are they bred and how yeah. is it the, this is stuff that's never explained or right or even really given a passing thought to uh yeah I mean, like, I, I also have the thought, like, you know, during, I mean, watching, you know, Reloaded and stuff, it's like, how are, like, different races still a thing in the Matrix also, like, in terms of... Well, I think one explanation is given in the first film in which they're like, that that was the peak of humanity. Right. And that, for whatever reason, you know, of course, the time that it came out was the peak of humanity, but, but so that was kind of the, the explanation. So whatever was going on in 1998 was... They'll keep it that way. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, um, so I don't know, but yeah, world record. It's like, it's, I I mean, all the the character designs are, are really kind of totally, you know, not, I really, I haven't seen much like it. I mean, I think the creator also did Ninja Scroll, which is, you know, also like kind of a really visceral experience in that way, but sort of adapted to like, you know, athletes and just like the, the, the way the bodies move. And it's so like. You know, this is this feels like tech demo in a good way of just like kind of, sh- you know, the the impressive aspect of it in the sense of like, you know, the way that these bodies move and like the way that the characters work still like kind of ties in with like the actual story for like a big way. Yeah, I just really liked all of the shorts that were so zoomed in on like a single character. So like this one, the detective story and the one about the kid kid story. <laughs> those are all good so so is beyond the the one about the the teenage girl who loses her cat yes. and there's the kind of the out of bounds area that yes i think beyond is still my favorite segment of the whole thing it used to be yeah mine i mean i think it's 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 pretty strong and uh who 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 is the uh who's behind that um so it's done by studio 4c and they later would do uh, the girl who leapt through time and stuff. Um, so, you know, pretty, a pretty solid, uh, you know, team in that sense. But yeah, like it's the, it's the same guy who was involved in, he was like a key animator in, uh, Kira. Uh, and then like he, you know, he worked in like a bunch of like huge, you know, productions. So like for Kiki's delivery service. And then, yeah, he was behind the, uh, magnetic rose segment in memories, the written by Satoshi Khan, but like directed by him. So he's like, you know, so he's he's sort of been at like the forefront of like all these like huge productions throughout the year, and so it's like, especially in in relation to like Akira, and then this, it's like you know, it's such like a dreamy segment. Like the 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 vibe of it is is just so kind of sleepy. Yeah, it's sleepy when when so it's like you know it's about this 
It's about this girl who's trying to find her cat who ran away, and the cat ends up at like this this like you know the, there's like these kids in the neighborhood who call it a haunted house, but really it's like a glitch in the system where like there's some kind of abnormality happening within like the matrix system that's like letting kids like kind of float in the air and like kind of jump in slow motion and stuff so you know she like you know she's kind of messing around with these kids and it's just like all these different you know it's it's like the it's like the idea of the matrix express and like the idea of like living in a computer simulation like expressed in such an interesting way of like like what would a glitch look like in in reality yeah it it, there's like uh, the scene in Reloaded where the Oracle is talking about how there's a program for the sun to come up and down and a program to for the birds and how they're going to act. And just the idea that the glitch couldn't just be for a person. It could be a whole building <laughs> could have a, a glitch malfunction. That uh, And I specifically like this one because of the kid's perception of what's happening in the building is so playful and innocent especially in the context of like oh we don't like to wake people up out of the matrix once they hit a certain age because it'll just break their brain right yeah i don't know it just felt it just felt good <laughs> so so that was one vignette that takes place outside of the u.s right yeah besides the samurai one everything else is just kind of focused on basically new york city um or like kind of like a like an amalgamation of like new york chicago like big u.s city right so it makes me wonder like is there does the matrix take place in like south america or like yeah what is like south africa matrix look like is the barren wastelands of antarctica just like not created or right i you know yeah i mean the movies it's like the the main city they're in just see it seems so like all-encompassing and kind of like I, I like the little bits of world building you see where like you know when when neo ends up at that chateau and he has to like fly back he's he's flying through like all the like all these like different cityscapes and it's like one city but it's like you know astronomically huge well i mean the thing is like they don't you're the matrix doesn't need to be that big you know if you really think about it, like the the world that it takes it doesn't place. it doesn't need to be like world sized. But how big is it? I don't know. It's, that's it's, that's it's, like a good question. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's very much focused on this one area. You you think right? Right. But like, couldn't they have made like the minds of like I don't know a billion people? like be in the same place yeah it's not even clear like how many how many people are plugged into the matrix yeah exactly is it a million is it a billion is it is is matrix tokyo just like next door to new york yeah <laughs> like let's take the bus to tokyo yeah <laughs> if only yeah, yeah. D- does everyone speak english <laughs> Right. Right. I mean, and the, the Maravon. What the fuck is his name? Merovingian. The Merovingian. God, <laughs> I can I can sort of do Japanese names. French names are. I gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, he he goes on like about how French is his favorite language of all the many. So yeah, that's just a stereotype, though. That's. I mean, it it, it it's a bad. No, but there's like I mean I I'm I'm saying that in the sense that like language still exists in some way or another in in the databases right right but are there are there french people sure yeah yes right 
because it's the nineties. So there's French people. We're French people. Or just the, or or they're just the perception <laughs> of French people existing. I mean, no, I think they've uh, they've sort of built out the world in the sense that like there's still culture and differences, which is why there's probably like still race in the matrix, right? Because it's like, oh, this is like obviously what's working or whatever the the quintessential '90s. But uh, it makes me. I just imagine it more like the Truman Show, where it's like there's no reason to ever leave this this place or whatever. Or if they do, it's like, oh, you just get on a plane, and you never see like what's in between. Yeah, no, for sure. I also, also in Beyond, I mean, and I guess this goes for all of them, but like, I like the leeway in which the different studios had in terms of like the designs of different things like how like the the asians show up in like these huge fucking like red trucks you know and you, i mean you don't see it anywhere else but it's like it's it's like a really like i don't know like an interesting idea of, of just having these things these different sort of agents and and variants of them i guess did you guys see Dreamcatcher? no oh the movie the stephen king movie where like uh there's like a monster in the toilet Exactly. Yeah. Apparently, the flight, the final flight of the Osiris, was shown as a kind of uh, okay. o- opening act to Dreamcatcher. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, I, which I remember because I saw Dreamcatcher in the theater, and I remember liking it, and then I saw it again later, and it wasn't as good as I remembered. Yeah, I think I think ever I think most people had that experience where it's like, there. I mean, there's some interesting scenes in that movie. I still kind of think about like the mind library, but like, yeah, I remember it being attached to some. Some other film. Some yeah. other film. Now like, I want to go watch Dreamcatcher. Kind of get hyped up for it. So last night I was watching. Um, I started the Freddy Krueger movies. Oh really? Yeah. And, and I realized that like I may not have seen any of them from start to finish. That I just have seen. You've seen like the kills. I've seen. I've just seen all the the parts and like different orders at like friends' houses and like yeah. not really paid attention. But um, I mean, do you think that? In the Matrix, there's a Freddy Krueger. Does someone get to be Freddy Krueger in the Matrix? Yeah, like if vampires exist, is there like a like a Freddy Krueger like actual entity? Is there like a, a dream killer? I mean, it's a program. 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 Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Haunt people's nightmares. A program that kills people in their dreams. Yeah. The co- uh, just as a side note, the uh, the Matrix comics are also they also kind of explore a lot of these ideas. There's one where like. There's this woman who's like an artist who can sort of see things that are like happening in the real world. So like she makes all these sculptures that are like the sentinels. And then and then like I think the the robots kind of figure it out and then like set the sentinels on her and it's like this weird like all of the, like the art in this museum like comes alive to like kill people. It's like a really it's a really good The comics are really interesting. They they got like Neil Gaiman to do like a short story. And it's like I think it's like my favorite work of his, like way more than like American Gods or whatever. The Animatrix is like such a testament to a like amazing world building, like the the world building of the movie, the fact that you can make endless stories about in a place like based on one concept. That's kind of like the the beauty of the franchise, right? Oh, totally. I mean, I. I don't think it's like an understatement to say that like I think the Matrix kind of changed the world in a way in the sense of they could do this again. 
they could do this again and, and just sort of the the way that it it blended so many like kind of I, I guess modern medias in a way in the sense of you know it just you know everything in the matrix just you you can you can just see like the passion that like the wachowskis have like for anime for martial arts movies for you know science fiction and like all these things and you know i think it really kind of paved the way for you know modern people like modern anime interests and you know that kind of thing like even movies like pacific rim later on that like really further embrace like anime things i don't think it would be you know possible without the matrix um so the other ones we haven't talked about are kids story and detective story both produced by the same team um both very different but uh something interesting about kids story is that it's like a freak that short specifically it's a frequent like assignment from sound production teachers for people to for like their students to uh they, they give them like where a uh, kid gets like the call from Neo and like is like on the run and is escaping. It's like a frequent assignment for uh, students to redo all the sound in that scene. So like if you watch, like you'll notice like him dropping his phone, the teacher walking over and talking to him, the cars rolling in, him on his skateboard, all these different things that are like really kind of dynamic sound wise, which I it's just like kind of an interesting side note I, I I found out recently. I like Kid Story. I do too. I I feel a little disappointed with the way that the kid is portrayed in the movies. They they kind of make him like a a, a I don't know pathetic. He, he has like sort of this this like obsession with Neo. And yeah. As opposed to, I don't know. I mean, if there's like a relatable segment in the Matrix, I feel like it's this one because it's you know this kid who everyone kind of hates at school and like is doing poorly trying to find some kind of escape. Like it's interesting the way that they're able to kind of translate that sort of story into the matrix like this, where it's like, okay, instead of, you know, the escape being like joining a band or like, you know, getting into dungeons and dragons or whatever, it's like escaping the matrix, literally escaping reality completely. Yeah. It's all bullshit, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point is like the the people that are going to discover the Matrix or like have interest in the Matrix are going to be at kind of like maybe a dark point in their life uh, to even get to the point of like, how could this even be my reality? Which I think kind of speaks to the creators as well, sort of like their whole point in making this story, right? I, uh, there is like a depression element to the whole thing in my opinion. Oh, I mean, it's like totally, he's like totally depressed. It's like the, it's like the proto doomer. Yeah. Like where he's like, uh, he's like up, like at like 2am on his computer, like talking to people. This is like, he's like a, he's like a, a proto like discord depressive. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I do. Yes. Yeah. A proto, this guy, nobody understands him. This yeah. guy would, would be buying every have a nice life record. Every Giles, like he would be a he would be a flenser head. He might be, yeah. He would be so bummed to find out that Dan is just a uh, plug. His Dan is plugged into the Matrix. It will never. <laughs> who who on the label do you think is most likely to get turned jacked out of the Matrix? What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Me? No. <laughs> um, Who's most likely to take the Matrix red pill? 
most likely to take the matrix red pill i don't want to say the red pill as in you know yeah, yeah, the yeah. modern contrivance right to leave the matrix i think i think midwife would when madeline would would yeah she, she would transcend all of us and be like i'm i'm going to the real world this is this, this is bullshit this isn't, this isn't real yeah i'm yeah I don't, I don't think tom would leave his cat if he realized it no, was tom has everything he wants <laughs> I think we're at that point where we ask the, the big questions. Big why, question. Why do you think? Why do you think people like the Animatrix? You first. Well, I think that it was <laughs> marketed to them pretty strongly. I also think that it's in some ways better than the Matrix sequels. Uh, so, yeah. And it it was probably extremely high budget for these studios. I, I'm guessing that. This was, I mean, a lot of money went into this. Because it wasn't just a thing to make money off of. It was a thing to promote these bigger movies. So it may it may have had... You just, think this was just promotional material? I kind of think it was. Damn. I think that that's how, how they, they made it happen. Um, I mean, I don't think it was for the Wachowskis. I think it was what they probably wanted to do, maybe even more than the sequels. Mm. But... Um, uh, yeah, I think that it, it it was. It felt like a passion project, for sure. It did. It felt like one of those things that shouldn't have ex- happened. Yeah. Did you watch Redline? Redline. No. The movie. It's like uh, it's a similar art style to some of the shorts in Animatrix, and I just found out that it just like it took seven years to make, and it completely bankrupted the studio that made it. But it's like a technical masterpiece as far as animation goes. Hmm. And it's that sort of like, it's like that dynamic shading where like the lines are super thick and it's just really hard to do because like, I mean, if you look at a Pixar movie or a Disney movie, none of the like line weights are super varied and that's like right. to save time. Because <laughs> if, if a thick line is a little thicker in the next frame, it's going to look janky and crazy. So, like, I saw a lot of that in this, and, I mean, they're not, like, super long feature-length films, but it's still a probably... Lot of work went into them. It still looks like a lot of work went into them, for sure. In regards to the question of, like, why why do people like the Animatrix, um, and I could be, you know, I could there, there could be totally something in my blind spot that I'm not recognizing, but, like, I feel like the Matrix, in a lot of ways, is, like, an affirmation that like all these like kind of disparate things like it's okay like it's cool to like them and it's like these are important things like anime is important martial arts are important like these are these are things that are like worthy of being into and like kind of exploring and like you know to see elements of those sort of explored in such like a big budget way is like okay like it's okay to you know like these things and be into it like you don't I mean, even, like, science fiction of, like, you know, like, Terminator 2 is still, like, a, a, a fucking, like, a jock movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's still, like, it's it's still, like, a fucking kind of a bro movie. Uh, Aliens is, like, a bro movie. I think a- Alien 3 is, like, a failure, but, like, you know, sort of a horror movie. But, like, this is, like, The Matrix is, like, like dorky sci-fi and like very big questions of like simulation and reality and sort of what would happen if, you know, 
we're in the apocalypse and it's ruled by AI and these different programs have, you know, different functions. Um, it's like, you know, you don't, you don't really see a lot of that explored. Like the current, you know, there aren't like, I feel like, you know, thoughtful movies like that, like, you know, it's, it, it ends up in the realm of like ex machina or like annihilation where it's like these movies that are still really good, but like, you know, clearly not like a big budget, like matrix movie. Whereas like, you know, the, the quote unquote, like nerdy movie is like, I think has more in common with like the, the, the dumbass action movies of the past than like, you know, some of the more thoughtful stuff. Um, so to, all that to say, I feel like people like the animatrix because it really is like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I think it was, it was like an introduction for a lot of people to like, you know, these different creators and like these different styles of animation and stuff. Um, I mean this, you know, this came out, you know, almost, you know, where, where like, I think, I think the anime identity was sort of beginning to like really form. I mean, like, I think a year after this, the video for, uh, Lincoln Park's Breaking the Habit came out, which is like a further kind of, um, exploration of like anime stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think this, I think this came out at a really, you know, a really kind of fruitful time, I think, for anime and people getting into it, so agreed <laughs> agreed i also think that part partly why they made this is because I, I mean so the matrix was successful right like as an action movie that's that people went and saw in the theaters like and it was widely accepted by like an american audience and this I read more like as a deep dive for people who were like, okay, but like, I need to know more. It's like, oh, I've seen this one story now, but like, why was the Matrix created? Why did this happen? Why would, how would this work in the Matrix? And they're like, oh, you just wait. Like, <laughs> like before even the sequels come out, it's, it's the, it's the, it's kind of like the answers for me yeah and i think the wachowskis obviously wanted to make it like this because they like how it looks like i i almost imagine that they would have made the matrix as an animated film if they could but it would have never taken off the way that it did if they had done it that way so this that's why i'm like okay yeah this is like passion project what if we made it look like this while also sort of answering the the bigger questions about the world and the people in it, ten out of ten would recommend. I I would recommend also. Yeah, <laughs> was was there like a piece of media that you feel like kind of guided all the stuff you would be into later? I mean, there there are definitely moments. Um, I mean, I think the Matrix is big. Um, I think like. Um, the crow was probably like a huge moment for me. Yeah. You know, getting kind of in it, it was total gateway to goth culture. And, um, I mean, the matrix was also sort of the same type of thing. It was, it had a lot of goth aesthetic and, and it made yeah. a lot of that, that hot topic style look good mm. for the only time ever in history. And, <laughs> um, sorry, e boys. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean the the I mean they made it work having a, a latex jacket, you know. Um, totally. That I mean, just felt it felt almost doable, but um, and 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 also kind of really spoke to that sense of feeling like, oh, I'm not. This world doesn't make any sense. There's got to be something more here. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's going to be lots of that. There's going to be albums like that, and there's going to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, even like thinking back, like I really think like the Matrix really was like kind of like the crux of like kind of like everything I would be into later. I mean, like the fucking soundtrack for the first one, it's like you had like Deftones and and Rage Against the Machine and like a bunch of like you know like that. I mean that scene where like they play that Rob Zombie song in the club, like, I mean I, I I couldn't I couldn't understand like what was happening as a kid, like it felt like the like gravity was gonna like go upside down or something, just like totally just like out there music and you know, um, and I I think like the Animatrix sort of had that same effect where it's just like, you know. It's like seeing these like really kind of mature stories and like these really kind of violent things explored in animation. I mean, you know, you didn't really see that a lot in like American stuff. Like you weren't seeing this on like Nickelodeon or whatever. So it was, you know, it was kind of incredible. I think that about does it. Um, thank you for uh, being a guest. Thank you for having me. Yeah. For giving me the, the softball to watch. Yeah. You have to give me something harder. We'll watch, uh, well, you should watch Serial Experiments Lane. <laughs> it's a trap. Watch it. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's a hard one for sure to get into, but I appreciate it more after the fact. Like, it was hard to watch, but now thinking about it and knowing how it ends, like, I would watch it again. Gotcha. All right. I, I, will, I will go home and watch that after Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Yeah, the Nightmare or, on Elm Street marathon. It's a good, uh, it's a good double header. Um, thank like, you all. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank was, you all. Thank you, Australians. Thank you, Australia. Thank you. Wait, for those you, of you who don't understand, we we ranked very high on Australia's. Do you have a uh, Patreon? Anime. What? Do you have a Patreon? No, we don't have a Patreon. I think that right now this is going to be the moment where you launch your Patreon. This moment. Subscribe to the the. the people why? like anime whatever the hell this why is do people called. like anime why do patreon? people yeah patreon yeah and when you join this patreon you'll get advanced access to merch <laughs> and um, oh my god yeah the, the merch is coming yeah the merch is coming yeah uh, so, so support your creators in this world because if you want good things to happen you have to support them yeah speaking of which you should go support uh jonathan the flenzer records yeah, no, no Patreon for that. Well, why don't you have a Patreon? It's hard. Yeah, okay, well, that's why we don't have one either. <laughs> yeah, what would what would what would you give Patreon subscribers for the Flunzer? Like, I mean, that that, that I've thought about it, and they get I, they get priority priority listening for any demo if you're subscribed to the Patreon. Yeah, yeah but no one wants to behind the scenes. Behind, no one wants to see it. Behind the scenes would ruin it. Yeah, <laughs> the, no, I, I mean, mean, I thought you were, you know. 24th floor and like the 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 tri-america building this is nice uh, and this is this is a, a horde of boxes it is nice what's that is that the matrix behind you in that framed photo yeah looks like reboot that's um some burning man art that yeah. my mom gave me for some reason oh um that's treasure island 
You should get that statue. I should, yeah. Put like, it in the middle of the office. It's like 20 feet tall. Yeah. Just the head. Just the head. I, okay. Remember that Matrix, like, DVD set with, like, the bust of Neo? I know. I, Do you still have that? I don't have it anymore. I gave it up. Uh, I may have the bust of Neo. Yeah. Um, it was one of those plastic monstrosities that that just was horrible. When the when the film studio is like, oh, you want you want this on your shelf? Fuck you! You're gonna put this in the middle of your your room. This isn't gonna yeah, fit anywhere. It was anywhere. the most badly made bust ever. I mean, it was like, yeah, it was like a He-Man bust. I mean, it was. It doesn't look anything like him. It's not like like some hot toys. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like a like a maybe a a statue of Keanu, like sad Keanu. Mm. Hot toys, sad Keanu. Yeah, I think that would be that'd be that'd be cool. You get behind that. Um. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you're on iTunes, throw us that five star. If you Does enjoyed this episode, I hope so. We I, we every we get podcast that. I listen to, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. They're like, "Can you please review us?" And I never do. It really, it really does help. Like I'm it's sure fucked it does. up. It's fucked up that you have to, you know, bow down to the Apple algorithm that way. Right. Follow why do people like anime on Instagram okay. and at the Flenser. No on one Instagram. is gonna do that. Follow. Listen, if you like. If you've ever wanted to feel like someone is making music and that you can relate to, uh, there's probably an album on the Flunzer that you would enjoy. I hope so. I hope so, too. What's your favorite album on the Flunzer? Um, Planning for Burial Below the House. Or uh, Reckon Reference, No You. Always a, a midwife head. Um, thank you all. Uh, see you on the next one. Drive safe.